All you have to remember is what he said about Umar and the ass. That's true. What's wrong with your butt? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what did he say? Did I miss something, Mark? All right, welcome to our latest edition, sort of season-ending edition, stinky edition of the Fantasy Soccer <laughs> FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. Brian is doing something for the first time. This has never happened before in the no. history of our podcast. No, hey. this, this is exciting. This is sort of groundbreaking. It's true. It's true. Brian, yeah. Brian is not with us right now, but I'm he's not. with us. You are remote. Yeah. He was. Don't make it sound like I'm dead or doing something perverted. <laughs> uh, this is true. Well, we don't know if you are, but we, we know you're not here. Well, we, Just we are. Just sitting here. Just sitting here. <laughs> Just We're going to give this a go. The, doing the podcast. That's oh, right. Love That's that. Right. Well, Brian is, is not here be, probably because he's been spending the last four days celebrating his Fantasy League victory. Yes. He's been on a uh, on a party tour. That's right. Oftentimes they consume adult drinks on party tours mm-hmm. for multiple days in a row. That's true. And sometimes people just disappear during those times. And his party tour, his amazing final two weeks come from behind when? where he came from behind over a hundred plus points i think right brian yes and just completely took first, first stole first place stole it absolutely stolen complete in com- fact rumor has it he's celebrating his league uh title the same way jr smith celebrated the nba championship last year oh JR smith. what was that brian Shirtless. Exactly. He hasn't had a shirt on for four days. That's exactly where I was going with that. I've been I've been on a victory parade around my house since <laughs> since end of matches on Sunday. Just amazing. <laughs> well, Look, all, all I can say is I in two weeks I went from a distant long shot third place to. Winning by twenty three, and it was thanks to a hundred or two. Wait, what was the final, Dave? It was like three hundred and I. It was like three hundred and twenty five points in two weeks, or something like that. It it was it was completely bananas. And and Brian's last, not the last week, but the second to last week, he did a great job of saving his triple captain. Yeah, he saved all three of his chips for the last three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. And he went uh, triple captain the second last week where he put Alexis, Alexis Sanchez. Double game week, yeah. And Alexis scored for him 81 points. And yeah. his team scored a total of 189 points in one week. And, Scott, lest you need to be reminded, points are points. It's true. Uh, Matt and I were fighting it out for the title going into those last two weeks, and then Brian just – curb stomped us i mean just came out of nowhere and blindside robbery the entire season came out of nowhere and stole it brian how i don't remember and and i i I obviously if there was some way i could look this up i know how you were in last place 
by a significant amount for the first for a lot of the first part of the second um, the second leg, right? Yes, as of Christmas, I was in dead last, and what I was going to say is, I <laughs> re- distinctly remember being in the bottom half of the total overall number of people wow. playing fantasy Premier League. Wow, I was I was below. There's t- the currently they're showing four and a half million total players. I remember being in the bot like two million and four or five hundred thousand or something like that. And that so wasn't. And my final rank was 259,000th. Not bad. Top 10%, top 6 or 7%. Yeah. Which, um, which yeah. We all had to be close, I'm guessing, in the, t- you know, in the top, you know, the, the top of the league had to be close to that, I would guess. But Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were all in the top 20%, which I think is what you have to be in to qualify for a fantasy soccer podcast. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah, so we're... We're pretty much there. We're, we're qualified to continue for another year. Congratulations, everybody. Sure. Uh, we are going to review the 10 matches that all took place at the same time on Championship Sunday and uh, and just recap the craziness that was that goal explosion. Goals, goals, yes. goals. Absolutely. It made for a, Even though a lot of the results weren't, cl- weren't close, it made for a lot of fun highlights. Uh, so we're going to go through that, and uh, this is the last time of the season we're going to do that. And then uh, when we get done with the show, you know, we'll include all the segments that you know and love, uh, including a special version of an injury roundup that uh, you won't want to miss. Yep. All right, so we are going to cover those matches and then give you uh, a little bit of a preview of what's to come during the summer because we don't take the summer off. No. No, no, we no. no. We sold you around. We soldier on. Brian, is it time to get on to the matches? It is time to get on to the matches. Mm. Here we go. Chelsea 5, Sunderland 1, Willian, Hazard, Pedro, and Bats with a brace. But those weren't the first goals. Javi Manquillo got things started for Sunderland in a shock uh, 1-0 lead that was soon obviously erased by five Chelsea goals. Yeah, I... uh, Chelsea, the their bench players relished playing last week. That's true. And they decided that we're going to do it again, and they 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 played really well against a relegated Sunderland team who just wanted to get off the field. <laughs> Let's just exactly be honest. Right. That's exactly right. You know, uh, I think my worst prediction uh, this year preseason was uh, Mishi Batshuayi scoring a dozen goals. But man, I'm telling you, if he just played a couple more matches, it's true, he finished strong. What four in the last? couple weeks or something yeah, or three, three <laughs> matches yeah exactly uh two of these two i think both came in stoppage time yeah uh i mean obviously willian hazard pedro these are guys that some people have in their lineups um great you might have benefited from chelsea one last time but all the talk during and after this match was about john terry's requested in match guard of honor I don't know if you heard about this. No, or no, anything about I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, why not? That game means nothing. It's, it's nothing more than a friendly. It, it's a game. It, if they had to win that match to win the league, I would think that that, that wouldn't have happened. But, Something bothers me though about John Terry coming up with that idea. <laughs> yeah, if it was somebody else's idea, if ever did, but did everyone agree to do what they did? 
Yes, Moyes, agree- Moyes said that they were they had an agreement to put the ball out of play in the 26th-ish minute to make that possible. Yeah, I mean, I guess if everyone's in agreement, what are you going to do? I mean, so- this is an all-time English great footballer, a 17-year, one-club guy, yeah. one of the top defenders, if not the top English defender of all time. In a game that means completely nothing. Why not do that? Why not? I enjoyed, I hate Chelsea. I respect John Terry. And I watched the entire dedication to them after the game and his speech and him getting choked up. And it was awesome. I mean, listen, everyone knows, listening to this, how much I hate Chelsea. Okay? I do. But John Terry is a hell of a player. He has been for years. He's probably one of the best defenders I've ever seen, and he's he's not someone who's always been the best athlete. But he's smart, he's gritty, he's a leader, and I would have loved him at my football club. Yeah. So, which is? Which, <laughs> I haven't said it yet this pod yet, Brian. It's Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal Football Club. I thought you were going to try to fit it in right away. Yeah, sure. Well, you're right. You, you caught me. Even though he regularly ended up on the losing side, uh, one person who regularly stood out this season was Jordan Pickford. Uh, Brian, I understand that the Sunderland goalkeeper is someone that you have on your mind post-match. Yeah, of course, because this is why. Let me just say goodbye to Jordan Pickford and hello to Jordan Pickford for whoever gets him next season (laughs) again for the last time. Sure. He finished the match with three saves, which put him at 135 total saves for the season. Second, second behind Tom Heaton, who had 142. Tom Heaton missed three matches this season. Only one of those was a home match, by the way. Jordan Pickford didn't start until week three behind Vito Manone. Remember him? Yeah. Jordan Pickford missed seven weeks with that knee injury, 29 matches to, to get 135 saves. That put him at four, almost four, over four and a half saves a game. Wow. And he had the fifth best save percentage out of all goalkeepers this season at 71.4. The thing that obviously killed, the, killed his, his Premier League, fantasy Premier League scoring, was that Sunderland only kept four clean sheets, or he, during his during his time, only kept four clean sheets. But he still finished with a lot of points for a guy who was getting completely shelled all season long. I mean, you never play the goalkeeper on the worst-placed team in the league. You just never do in fantasy soccer. But we kind of did that with Heaton to start the year. This year we did, right? I mean, And then, obviously, anyone who played Pickford, which I did some, you benefited from it, even though you weren't getting points from clean sheets you were getting points for all the bloody saves. The guy could give up two goals and still give squeak you out five points. points. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. It's the same. It was the same with Yakupa wins. Yakupa bits. Pray for him, Brian. You know Elden. you're the one guy on this pod who can say that name right. Yeah, Eldon Yakupa wins. <laughs> was also the same, but by the end, I mean obviously there was not much. Uh, there was not much that you wanted to have anything to do with Hall by the end. Yeah. But for a minute there, he was definitely useful. Hey, the only other thing, too, because Sunderland decided to score uh, in two minutes or whatever it was. Yes. Uh, this, is this, this is one of the first times 
for Chelsea where every single player of note for their entire team did something except every single one of the defenders. <laughs> like, huh. Willian, Willian, Hazard, Pedro with a goal and an assist, uh, Sesk with two assists, Costa at least gets an assist. Every single guy on, you know, in the every attacking player that matters did something, but because there was no clean sheet and none of the defenders had an assist or did anything else, this is like the worst outcome for any of the Chelsea defenders. Not to mention the millions of people who brought in Nathan Ake, uh, hoping oh. that he would start. Uh, yeah, and he did not. You said you call you you called that one, Brian, and he was the sixth most transferred in defender, and then he didn't even make the eighteen man squad. Uh, it was a very Liverpool esque performance uh, for Chelsea in this final match. Hey, uh, da- David Moyes has already resigned. He decided he's too good for the league championship. Shocker. Hey, what's the what's the worst thing that he could do? How could he look any worse? After signing a four-year contract to start the season, they get relegated and he decides, I'm too good for this. I'm resigning. Amazing. Who's gonna buy him? Amazing. Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna want him as their manager? Wow. Hopefully nobody. I don't want to see his face on the sidelines next season. Hey, when times get tough, you cannot count on me. I'm David Moyes. I told you a few weeks ago that when you when someone's facing trial, that's when you find out their true character. David Moyes looked terrible this season. You don't want his stunned, uh, did I just get hit in the face by a, a fish? <laughs> Uh, there, his his weird distant glare on the sidelines. You don't want to see that again for another season, Scott. Come on. No, I'm good. I'll go to YouTube if I miss it at any point. <laughs> okay. Hole one, Tottenham seven. You, seven? Are you kidding me right now, Brian? How many? Seven. They scored seven goals. <laughs> Harry Kane with a hat trick that gave him seven goals in his last two matches to ensure he a wanted, golden boot. He wanted that boot. He sure did. Scott. Second year in a row. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Who, who'd you captain this week? You know what's dumb? Uh, I captained Alexis Sanchez this week. Uh, I I really am not sure why I didn't captain Harry Kane. I really am not. Uh I finished this week with 116 points. If I had captained Harry Kane like a smart person, <laughs> that would have been 133. Unreal. Uh, it would have been a lot more. Wow. Well, it would have wow. been 120-something. Wow. And the, I think the highest score of the week was one. The highest score was 143. Right. So you were, you were right up there. Someone both who of probably last... captain Kane. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You were right up there close to the highest score of both of the last two game weeks. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Deli Ali scored. Wanyama scored. Ben Davies scored. Elder Vireld scored. Um, oh, and also Sam Klukas scored to take away clean sheet points from Spurs defenders. Brutal. The, those two, oh. the defenders of Chelsea and, and uh, Tottenham, brutal. You know, though, even, even with that clean sheet, or even without the clean sheet, Karen Trippier, Karen Trippier had two assists, and uh, Alderweireld and Davies and Davis both scored. So you, st- I feel like it was still. You, st- I, I mean, I bought Ben Davis for the last match. That was one of my. I, that was a that was a real risk, especially after they were uh, after they did give up the goal. Hey Brian, but all the all the all the key all, everyone who was starting there, especially Davis and and Alderweireld, I think you already knew all the other guys were out. 
Hey, Scott, wouldn't it be nice if Brian would have talked about starting Ben Davies last week in the pod? Because maybe. We talked about him weeks ago and how good he's been for since he started for Danny Rose. I, I wish he'd go buy a lottery ticket to help fund our podcast. Oh, well done. I, yes. Listen, Seriously. This is the last thing I want to say about it. And I put, I put it in Slack, uh, slack.com. It's a great way to organize your conversations. You should sponsor it. Uh, I took a minus 12 going into this week. I used my free transfer to, to buy Sam Vokes, who we can talk about later. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Then then I took the minus 12 to, to, sw- to swap out. I bought Junior Stanislaus. I subbed him for Josh King because when, when Josh King was out, we should talk about that later, too. Yes. I bought, I bought Flappy Bird. Yeah, and sold sold Yakumovs <laughs> to buy Flappy. Sure, that's Simone, Simone Minule. Yep. Yeah, okay. And my last transfer was to was to, that gave me enough money to to move from James Collins to get Ben Davis. So every single one of the the transfers that I made, all the minuses, all were positive points in all, the end. All paid off. You're right, Scott. I thought about buying. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should have. Uh, obviously, Spurs went out in style this year as opposed to last year. There's no way they were losing second place this year. And, uh, you know, we debated whether or not they would have the fire to be worthy of playing in fantasy. Uh, and clearly, 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 they did. Yeah. And we need to take note of this. I mean, Harry Kane, second consecutive golden boot, he finished strong. Um, I am going to own him next May. Yeah, you no think? No question about that. All right. Watford nil, Manchester City five. Vincent Company scored, called that one, didn't we? Hold on, did Brian? Is he in your lineup? Um, no, he was in my lineup a couple weeks ago, actually. Okay, all right, all right. I'm just wondering because I feel like every person that scored was in your lineup. So, <laughs> anyways, Sergio Aguero with the brace, Fernandinho and Jesus also scoring. KDB with all of the, not all the assists, but with lots of assists. And uh, it should be noted, uh, he led the league in assists to yeah. finish the season. So good job to Katie. Brian, what did we name that last year when Ozil won it? The um, I don't remember. Is that what we called it? The golden, the silver. The, golden. Was it the silver chalice or the <laughs> or Man, the silver sock? Know. It was this. The was silver, it this? The silver sneaker. The silver snock. The silver sock. Silver snock. <laughs> uh, hey. Kevin DeBrown's 18 assists. We are, I think, we might have mentioned it, or at least it's uh, pretty well known. It's the most assists in Manchester City history. Obviously, he was tinkering there at the end with the the all time record. Was that your guys, Dave? Was that Henri that has that Ozil uh, almost? Yes. Ozil, wasn't it him chasing Ozil chasing him lot before? Yep, that's last correct. Year? Yep. Yep. Uh, something else about Kevin DeBrown, really quick. Do you know he hit the woodwork nine times this season? Oh wow! That's the that's the most of any player. I know we've talked a lot about Pogba doing it. Yeah, he had a, he he finished with six woodwork shots, mm. but nine uh, nine woodwork hits for Kevin DeBrowna. And where did he finish in midfielder scoring fifth? So uh, I'll find that you you that's you a, you that's give him lot. give him another fifteen points. Give him four of those. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he is, and he's probably a, a touch higher. Um, he was fifth, and, Brian. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, hey, this Scott. I know you. I know you can't wait to just rip um, Watford a completely new uh, something or another. But um, this is their first six-match losing streak in their top-tier history. Is did, that not? I mean, is that not they, a perfect way for them? Seventeenth place, Watford. You guys said it wrong when you said it at the beginning. It's seventeenth place, Watford. It's true. Wow. They were never in danger of being relegated, but they did finish last among clubs to stay up in the league. Um, Mazzari is already out. That was known before this match uh, was played. Uh, and you know, everyone had an opinion about it. His own goalkeeper, Aurelio Gomez, said, it is important to speak English if you are a manager. So there's one player in the locker room saying that the, the language barrier was an issue. Uh, I felt bad saying that you know, the last few weeks, but I mean, if... Gomez can say it. Right. I can say it. Yeah, sure. I don't feel bad anymore. Yeah. Mazzari um, himself said, uh, this This is my manager quote of the week. He said, we were missing six defenders today. This has never happened. Oh, by the way, this is all in Italian, of course. Yeah, sure. Uh, we were missing six defenders today. This has never happened to me in my whole career. <laughs> I had a lot of satisfaction in England this year. If there is a team, this is this is the worst slash this, best part. Oh man! If there is a team that would make me competitive enough in the league, I would consider staying. Wow. Well, that's a that's a strong call out there, Premier League teams. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> Walter Mazzari would like you to make him competitive <laughs> in this league. Well, I just have one thing that I want to say to Walter Mazzari. One last statement to make to him. I have not liked him all year. I have gone on record as saying that Watford should not have fired Kike Sanchez-Flores after their 13th place finish last year. It was always going to be a firing of Walter Mazzari this year when they finished lower than that in the table. Uh, if you looked at like their last nine managers or something, they've all been there for less than a year or year and a half. Absolutely no stability since the Pazzo family took over. Uh, and so, you know what? I never liked Mazzari because I liked the guy before him. And so I'm very happy that he's gone. I'm more than happy to say goodbye. Um, but I have a certain way I want to do that. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Walter Mazzari, say licenziato, which in Italian means you're fired. <laughs> Great. Uh, well done, don't Scott. Judge me for my, don't judge me for my Italian. Well done. Hey, I do, at the end, in the injury thing, I don't know, we could talk about it either in this podcast or another time, but there is, like, the injuries that Watford had this season were uh, extensive. So, I mean, if there is a gripe, there is an injury gripe, but what are you going to do? Also, he had Jose Holobas on his team. Uh, no yellow card in this match means that he only tied for the most yellows in Premier League history. So he finished with 14 yellows. Uh, most recently, that was uh, a, a mark hit by Lee Cattermole. You guys remember when he did that? Uh, oh, I yeah, think. Lee. Yeah. Hey. But you know who else has 14 in premier in history? You know who else is on that list? It better be the yellow card sheriff. No, Mark Hughes as a player. Mark Hughes? Uh, yeah. Really? No, the, mo- no, the most that... Um, the most that uh, the red rifle ever what no what's his name i can't remember his name I'm jack on his jack colback the most the most that my my favorite player ever jack colback <laughs> ever got was 12 
Okay. But guess what? He's coming back to town. He might, yeah, if he plays. The yellow card sheriff's coming back to town. So all you yellow card lovers, get out of his way. We had a lot of fun over the course of the season with uh, the fact that John Stone sucked. And uh, and yet, only because he was so highly heralded, right? I mean, well, the British love their own, which I get. We love the Americans who play in the Premier League, Uh, but they loved him to a fault. Uh, the ownership statistic okay, was way too going. high okay. in fantasy soccer for a man who was regularly somewhere in the 60s or 70s in defender scoring. Right. That's you true. get you get five defenders on your roster. You should never own the 70th place defender in fantasy soccer. Unless, well, I mean, come on. Unless you got Jordi Amat on your team, like Brian and I did for half the season, because he was I dirt never, cheap. I never. Yeah, that never made sense to me. Uh, I think you owned him during the Bob Bradley sense. era, which made the least amount of sense. All possible. I wanted was a warm body to occupy that spot who was dirt cheap. Obviously, John Stones was hurt. He didn't. He played all of 14 minutes in the last seven matches of the season. He finished 75th among defenders. Brian, you had something else you wanted to add about John Stones' season. I would love to add something else to John Stones. Uh, on, the list, uh, on the list of players... Uh, of the statistic of errors leading to goals. Ooh. This is errors leading to goals. That someone keeps this statistic? Yes, this is a real statistic. Let me guess. Our Think- friends at uh, let me guess. Our friends at 442 Stat Zone. I'm assuming it's an Optus stat, but I think okay. I found it on uh, Metro uh, on an article on metro.co.uk. Okay. Uh, only two of the top six on that list were not goalkeepers. So four of the six were goalkeepers. Number f- The top was Darren Randolph. He had four. West Ham's goalkeeper, Darren Randolph, four errors that led to goals. Five players, and that, like what would be two through six, were five players who all had three errors leading to goals. That was Lucas Fabianski, Martin Stecklenberg, our guy Jordan Pickford. Sorry, Jordan. Simone Francis. Is it Simon? Simon. Simon. And John Stones. Yeah, John Stones. John Stones making Ooh. the list three errors that led to goals against Manchester City. Just a perfect icing on the John Stones goodbye cake. So mm. true. And I, I can't top that, so I'm not going to try. But I do want to add that uh, John Stones finished the, fantasy season, the season with 59 fantasy points. Vincent Company uh, little, played eleven. Little, Vincent Company played eleven matches and finished with fifty-seven. Fantasy hey, little <laughs> wow! Hey, little teaser. I can bring up John Stones one more time in this podcast. Oh, I'm ready for it. Okay, great. Well, not just yet. Hey, listen, Scott, you slammed Watford, and we're going to move on from this. Yeah, very quickly. I, there's two things I want to say real quick. You slammed Watford last year uh-huh. for getting rid of their manager in a thirteen place position correct now obviously they had a manager who couldn't even speak english in the english league and he obviously seemed to refuse to speak it so it doesn't surprise me that they cut him loose yeah but watford brian i think you brought this stat up watford so correct me if i'm wrong in the last 13 years has had 12 different managers sounds about right what are they doing if you own the club and you want some consistency well, that's, why why are you why are you assuming that? You're right. Obviously, they must not want consistency. What do they want? 
they finished. They didn't get relegated, and they're not. They're never going to make the top ten. And even if they did, they're not going to make the top seven and get in Europe play, your European play. So they finished exactly where they sh- probably should, between seventeen and eight. But they <laughs> fired the coaches, Brian. That's a wide range. Uh, maybe they just want slightly sub Pulis performance. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think they want top seven and top four. I eventually. guess my big one, one of my big uh, soapboxes is like, know who you are, right? Sure. Like Everton. They're probably never going to be a top six club, maybe. They maybe could. Kuman can get them. There, they maybe could make a push, but they're not. They're probably not going to make top four. Look, throwing the Leicester season out out because it's so but wonky. But that's the thing, right? That's the inspiration. You know what? I'm that sure it, at this point it probably excuses. is the inspiration. That's I mean, it. you could say that Everton had more talent on their team than Leicester's championship run team last year. I would say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, le- yeah. I think I said that right. Everton. Yeah. So, anyway, did this year. Proved it. Bottom this year. line is, but but they know who they are, right? Yeah, sure. They know they're not a bottom club, and they're not probably a top four club, but they're somewhere in there, and that's where they finished. And you know, it is what it is. is. I'll narrow the range. Watford is 11 through 17, somewhere in that bottom half. They're always going to be one of those clubs that escapes relegation if they do, you know, somewhere in week 35. Yeah. It's just, it's just who they are at this point. And I mean, that could change. We'll see who they bring in. I mean, obviously that can change from year to year. But, yeah, as it stands, that's where their quality is. The other thing is this. That was pretty interesting. Pep Guardiola has been managing major soccer clubs for, I think, right around the last 10 years, 9 to 10 years. This is his lowest finished in the table. Ever. Ever. Outside the top two. And he finished third. I know. Welcome to English football. You're not playing in a joke of a league called La Liga and or a joke of a league Sort of. I like the the Bundesliga though, but La Liga is a joke. Bundesliga is legit. Liga is not it. Whatever. Okay. Liverpool three. Hey, hey one one last. Yeah, thing. go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Somebody owes Troy Deeney an apology. It's Walter Mazzari. Yeah, that sucks for him. Honestly, anyway. I mean, honestly, he should take a Gallo's. Uh, uh, Q and and leave. I'm not saying he should leave the country and go to China, but I mean he should. He, you know, if, if hey Jordan, Troy Deeney, Troy Deeney, we'll take you in the MLS any day. First of all, it's not the MLS. Yeah, you sure know it that. Is. Whatever. Uh, secondly, uh, he's good enough to stay in England. If if Jermaine Defoe hadn't already signed for Bournemouth, I'd say he should go to Bournemouth. Jermaine Defoe was just at Toronto. Remember who sold him to Sunderland? I, I get Toronto it. FC. That's not a usual route, though. Let's okay, be, let's be clear. Uh, there is a there is a better mid table club for Troy Deeney than Watford, even though he has been there for several years. Liverpool three, Middlesbrough nil. Liverpool get fourth place, make it to the Champions League playoff on the back of goals from Wijnaldum. Coutinho and Lalana, pretty typical Liverpool performance to end the season. Congrats to Scott. Congrats to brother Matt. Liverpool fans till they die. And they've had a rough couple years of non-Champions League, Champions League football. Congrats to them. They, they, they went out and won it. Liverpool went out and won it. And honestly, they did it against 
a type of a club where they haven't had much success this year, really kind of winning games outright like they did. I mean, they threw yeah, in three relegated nothing. clubs. They couldn't beat them. No, no, right, sure. And top for, six. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, but that's been a thing. Top six, they've been excellent. They had, they first were the place, best. First they, place they were in the, the top best. six table, which isn't a thing, but, you know. And then the bottom, they were the worst. <laughs> so this game was a difficult game for them, playing Middlesbrough. And for 46 minutes, it, it was the case. I mean, that's true. Nil-nil until the late stoppage time goal. I, that goal before halftime, that, that won the game for them. It did. That changed did. everything. Yeah. You come at, if you don't get that goal by Vinaldum, you come back out. Things are tight. You're starting to get a little nervous. Fans are more quiet. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. And, and the players can sense that the fans are quiet. I'm just telling you, man. And that eased up pressure big yeah. time. Yeah. Even Klopp and his antics couldn't really overcome the nervousness of the Liverpool crowd this time around. Yep. That goal was definitely key yep. to doing it. Like we said, typical Liverpool performance, uh, three midfielder goals. And uh, good for Wijnaldum specifically. Obviously, Coutinho finished very strong as well. Lolano had been hurt and came back and got a goal at the, in the last match. But Wijnaldum was the guy who just kind of by the end of the year, you, you kind of realized he was there the whole time. Yep. I've got some stats for you for him. Oh, right. Hit us. Perfect, perfect timing, Scott. Thank you. Uh, that's what I do, Brian. I, I just I just lead to everyone else providing the, the you are, gold. You are the Kevin DeBrowna of the podcast. <laughs> I like two, two goals and two assists for Ginny up till <laughs> December 31st. He had 56 fantasy points total by December 31st. Hmm. In 2017, four goals, seven assists finished this year with 93 additional points. See, almost, I mean, I'm no math expert, but that is close to doubling his performance from the first half of the season into the second half of the season. I know it felt like that. He was definitely very, I mean, he was very good uh, in, in, in spurts. Uh, from August to December, but it really felt like he was very, very good this year, and, especially at home. And I think a big part of that is probably getting comfortable. You know, this was his first season at Liverpool, but additionally, he avoided major injury, and a lot of the other Liverpool midfielders did not. Yeah, that's true. He was in the lineup on a consistent basis. He was usually playing behind Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, and even Lalana and Chan sometimes, but uh, but he was always there and always uh, in a position where there was the chance to put up some points. I tell you what I'm going to do, Brian, is I'm going to contact my sources. Mm. I think that Jenny is scared of of buses because his home and away splits are really distinctive. And that's hard. That's hard to avoid in fantasy soccer. That was the same for him at Newcastle last year. That's true. So I'm just wondering, yeah. Ryan. I think there's something to this. He hates buses. He doesn't like to travel. No, nope. not many people do. He gets carsick. I think he's car. I think he gets carsick. Just like, 
can't. You heard it here first on the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. Jenny Wijnaldum. I'm, I'm kind of ashamed. Gets carsick. I'm kind of ashamed that you're here first. Tweet it out with the, just the tag audacious claim. Yes. Yes. Um, hey, Middlesbrough, uh, say goodbye to Middlesbrough. They were the only team in the Premier League this season to attempt fewer than three shots on target per game. They were in danger of becoming the first team since 2011 to attempt fewer than 100 shots on target in a single season. <laughs> That's amazing. You know who that team was? The last team to do it was? Scott, you'll love it. Who? Stoke. Stoke. Of course it was Stoke. This, they were the new Stoke. They were the new West Brom. 2011-2012 Stoke had 94 shots on target for the season. That's crazy. Burrow did a little better than that. They finished the season with exactly 100 shots on target. This oh, season. right. Milestone. They, they reached it. Great. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And uh, your boy, Brad Guzan, already uh, Pray for him. joining Atlanta Coming United. Coming to Atlanta United. You're close. I, see, I love you, Brad, and we'll see you soon. Arsenal 3, Everton 1. Hector Bellerin, Alexis Sanchez, and Aaron Ramsey with the goals for Arsenal. Uh, Romelu Lukaku with the penalty kick. Uh, but I think the major story in this one was Koscielny's Co- uh, red card early. What was it, in the first 20 minutes or the so? The reason why it's major is because it it's keeping him out of the FA Cup final. Yep. And Gabrielle, who played a heck of a game this game. Stretchered off. Gets stretchered off with yeah. a thigh injury. Or a knee injury. Brian, you might have more for that us later. And so, per Murta Sacker, Scott, comes into the game. Rob Holding was already playing. Yeah. But per Murta Sacker, comes into the game, has not played in a game at all this year. In years. It was his first minutes all year, and I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I couldn't believe that those were his first minutes all year. I mean, holding and Murtisacker, that's that's your central defensive pairing, right, for the FA Cup final. It has to be because Mustafi's still been sick. He's sick. <laughs> so I don't oh, pray for check, he meant earlier, right? Man, listen. The, this is gonna be bad. The one thing if I could will Arsenal to just do some one good thing, and here's the thing. They finished the year strong. They finished the year really strong. I'm going to talk to that strength okay. here in a little bit. It's not time for that yet because I'm I'm saving it for you, Scott. Okay. But the uh, they finished the year really really strong. They did. I would they, love they to think that they would fourth. carry that into what a no what a jerk. Did you just hear that, Brian? They challenged for fourth. Oh look, they challenged for fourth. No, but seriously, they were. You're saying off okay, weeks fair ago, enough, fair enough. And they actually made it a race. That's true. That's true. If that Liverpool was a, that was a credit to if them. If Liverpool would have stumbled at all, okay. I, sorry, I took it uh, the other way. You're right. <laughs> if Liverpool would have stumbled at all, they Arsenal would have snuck into fourth. So that did give us something to a rooting interest of sorts, one way or the other. I mean, I was. Day. That was nice compared to what I said on Sunday when I said, have fun playing young boys out oh, well, of Switzerland in the Europa I was, League. I was going to get to that okay, in a little bit. All right. Okay. Um, so anyways, but uh, yeah, Arsenal played played tough, and Everton completely mailed it in. I mean, the only way Lukaku was going to score was from the penalty area. By the way, we never finished this. Koscielny was a red card. 
Yeah, no question. It was. It was a rough. It was a horrible challenge. And and he appealed it. And he shouldn't have. I mean, that's just. Sure, why not appeal that? I guess. It's the most obvious red card ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. When I saw it, I'm just like, oh my. I, I mean, just come on, man. What are you doing? Arsene Wenger, is he still there next year? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. I think so. Stan Kroenke. I, I tell you what, so there's some. I <clears throat> I think the reason why he hasn't decided is because I don't think, contrary to rumors, that he's been offered a contract yet. And there is a power struggle going on the, from the two top shareholders, and that and that's a real thing. And I think one of them would probably, Kroenke, want Wenger to stay. And I think Usmanov wants Wenger to go. Interesting. And so how that shapes out, because Usmanov wants to buy the shares to get majority from Kroenke, yet Kroenke's not selling. I don't know how that goes. So anyways, I think and that's a trickle down then to very possibly Sanchez and Ozil. And I don't know how that works. Anyways. I think it's just interesting that we're like four, three days into uh, summer transfer window rumor season. Yeah. And the rumors about United are already out there buying Antoine Griezmann. Liverpool's name is out there for guys like Iker Casillas, a goalkeeper, and uh, a number of other well-known players around Europe. Uh, you know, Chelsea's name is in the hat for a number of big players, including Romelu Lukaku. Um, the one Arsenal name I've heard is uh, some 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 18-year-old kid who sure. was the top scorer in the Belgian league. Oh, yeah. Is that right? We love those. That's so. That's so Arsenal. But that's well, so Arsenal. I mean, but they, they'll report that, and then they'll go play for the under eighteen or under twenty teams in the in their academy. I mean, who was your big signing this last summer? Uh, Rob Holding, duh. Granite Shaka. Yeah, sure. You signed him early, and then you were done. Well, you know, you and can now argue you're sign that they didn't need much kid. more, but I mean, I mean, I guess when you're not getting the Champions League money, you got to be pretty selective. Ooh, I mean, he just got out his razor blade, Brian, just cutting me up. I know. Cutting it's me ruthless. up. It's ruthless, but it's right. Thank you. Probably. Whatever. Uh, I hate you both. I did that to properly prepare you for your Arsenal moment. Take it away, Dave. Are you ready for this, Brian? I'm ready. Uh, I'm glad more than ever that I'm at a distance. <laughs> Brian, you can put your head in a pillow and no one will see it. That's true. All right, here we go. Dear Arsenal, well, it had to have happened sometime. Your reign as the always made the Champions League title has ended. Was this year disappointing? Yes. But what sports team doesn't have one down year sometimes? I mean, this is one down year in the last 15 years. Look at league champions Chelsea. Last year they finished 10th. This year they win the title. Look at Manchester United. Since winning the league in 2013, they have finished 6th, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And that is the most successful, valuable club in the world. In England, you must have the correct chemistry. Just throwing money at players and managers won't buy you a title. That probably works in La Liga. Last year, you finished with 71 points, and that was good enough for second place. This year, 75 points gets you fifth place. But that's football. You knew what was needed, and you weren't able to produce. So at this point, 
you got to eat your porridge cold and take your punishment. Go play in obscure Europa grounds and just get it done. Will you keep the old man around or will you send him off to the retirement home? Will you keep the most valuable player in the league or sell him to a rival? Will you be able to cast a spell onto Ozil and make him give maximum effort every game or punt his ass out the door? These questions I look forward to seeing you answer. But while I wait, I look forward to the FA Cup and kicking Chelsea's ass. I think that's wishful thinking, bro. It is. But well, I'll be well done, though. Hey, hey. I'll be rooting for them. Whatever, Scott. Don't crush my dreams. I can still dream. The season's not them. over. I don't want Chelsea. I don't want Conte to win the double. No, you don't want season. that, do you? No. No. It still won't be the biggest accomplishment. I mean, United just won a fake treble, right? Listen, if, if anything, give... Arsenal to entrance into the Europa League. <laughs> Winning the FA Double Cup. Double Europa. And getting fifth place. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Ross Barkley is also in the news. Hey, Everton's bad blood. Given, gotten themselves into a pickle a little bit. Mm. Koeman kind of laid down an ultimatum, and they haven't really they haven't really uh, closed the book on that yet, even though Kuman said he only had a, a couple weeks to decide on a contract offer the club made. Uh, but now already there's rumors about Gilfy, and that might be a better replacement anyway, right? I mean, yeah, maybe. Koeman we'll said he wants. Koeman said he wants productive players. Yeah, I'd like to see his definition of productive. That is very. He, he's leaving himself a little bit of room there because you can take that a number of different ways. Did Did you guys see his interview like, post match? Yeah, yeah. He's cutthroat, man. He is. He, he absolutely is cutthroat. Is. He is, but he gets all, results, and that's the difference. All you have to remember is what he said about Umar Nias. That's true. What's wrong with your butt? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what did he say? Did I miss something, Brian? Just that Umar Nias, whenever Everton was, whenever they, whenever they let him go, that Kuman that said if he wants to play first-team football, he needs to find somewhere else other than here to do it. <laughs> And then he did at Hull City. Yeah, he did. Sort of. I mean, he came off the bench a lot. but like, He was good. Hey, he, he was productive he at was, Hull. He was, I'd say so. That's true. He was productive. I would say that. Yeah, yeah I agree. He kind of took over the mantle of super sub after uh, Giroud stopped even subbing in. Yeah, sure. Manchester United 2, Crystal Palace nil. As we record this on Wednesday night, United has also just won the Europa League title, so they are confirmed in the Champions League. I would say, though, that winning the Europa League was not their biggest accomplishment this week. Because according to Jose Mourinho last week, they didn't have any Premier League matches to play. So for them to win a match that didn't exist over Crystal Palace, I I put forth to you, Dave, that that is their biggest accomplishment this week. Scott, I think you are being unfair to Mourinho. Whatever. You gave him – I'm about to overload you with stats. So many stats, you're going to say, Dave, please stop. You were giving Mourinho some shtick uh -huh. about poo-pooing the Premier League, and you were saying, hey, he should have been going for fourth place, right? Wasn't that your premise over the last, like, month? No. Was no. You were saying he no, should not. have been playing for fourth place no. and playing for Europa. That is not what I said. I, I said all along that he had an easier out through the Europa League. My issue is never that he wasn't trying for fourth place in the Premier League. That Europa League 
uh, especially compared that their path to the title was such a joke, especially compared to previous seasons. And yes, I am including Liverpool last year, especially in that. Liverpool had such a hard path through the Europa League. This year's competition was a joke. Celta Vigo and Ajax in the last two rounds? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. This was always the easiest path to take. That was never my issue. My issue is... I don't care if you're gonna if you're gonna tank the Premier League, even though obviously they won this this match. I don't care though if you're gonna play your kids. Shut the hell up about the Premier League not existing and not trying. Like, just be an adult. Be an adult for once, and just be show some tact. That's all I wanted from him. That's all I wanted. I can't believe you're trying to tell the special one how he should conduct his business. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> what I'm a, say he did win three trophies this year. What a well, you just kind of you just kind of soul crushed all the stats I had against you <laughs> when you agreed with me. Listen, all this hit work me, hit that I the, put in hit, hit me hit me with the stats. No. Stat me, Dave. I, I I was coming at you. I felt like, and again, maybe maybe you're just changing your tune conveniently. At this, I'm the, that's now my shtick now. He did you, give up on the Premier League when it seemed like it was possible. In hindsight, Liverpool secured. I thought that that's that was a complaint you had a no. couple weeks ago. Well, my complaint was simply that he wouldn't stop just demeaning the Premier okay. League, and that was unnecessary. Unnecessary. I started looking at coming down the stretch in in the. The end of April, beginning of May, Mourinho is sitting down and he's looking at his list of games. And he looks at, all right, on April 23rd, we got to go to Burnley. And then we play at City. We play home to Swans at Arsenal. May 14th at Spurs, Southampton, Crystal Palace. Seems seems sort of a tough road to, to drive right. down. Sure. I'm, I'm, and that's uh, yeah. And then you look at the Europa League, yeah. and you're looking at okay, we play Anderlecht on April twenty, uh-huh. April twentieth. Yeah. On May the fourth, we play Celta Vigo at Celta Vigo. Uh-huh. Then we play on May eleventh at home against Celta Vigo, and then May twenty fourth against Ajax. Yeah. Hmm. Where totally the easier route. Right. Absolutely. It's not even a question. Not and, and, a problem. And this is, this is what I love, especially coming down the stretch, playing an Arsenal team who had won five in a row. They Arsenal finished the regular season winning five in a row. Yeah. Tottenham, four out of five. Sure. And, uh, and City and City was, uh, was four out of five as well with one draw. My point being is that they were going to have to play those three in their last six. Mm-hmm. All the while – than playing Celta Vigo's, Ajax's, and Anderlecht's in Europa. So one thing I love is this. For the second year in a row, England had an English team. The Premier League had an English team in the the final now that you can possibly get five teams in if you're the English Premier League into the Champions League, which Which almost almost happened. Almost, Almost happened, happened last year, year with, year with Liverpool, yep. and it is going to happen this year. Ironically, United actually starts later in the Champions League by going through the Europa League than Liverpool will. They get an automatic berth into the group stage, Correct. which Liverpool does not get. Correct. So, you know, what that tells me is this. Manchester and Liverpool, the last two years, very close to making top four, didn't make it. But you know where they did make it? They made it to the Europa League final. Liverpool lost in a... Close yep. game against a very tough Sevilla, and then United won it. Yep. And so I'm, I'm looking at Arsenal. I'm like, well, 
look, top of the Premier League is tough. It's going to be tough to make top four every year. And so at some point, the easier route to Champions League might be Europa, winning the Europa League. And that's Arsenal's going to be dealing with that next year. So, anyways, I, I think it's it's not a bad thing, in my opinion, to have five English teams in the Champions League. No, I mean, England should be, and, and, and not just any five. I mean, we, we always knew that it was going to be a, a, a tough road for England in general this year in the Champions League based on who was top four last year. Leicester was going to struggle, we thought. Uh, Spurs were going to be Spurs. Uh, Arsenal, and uh, who's the fourth? Um, Tottenham City. Arsenal. City. City is the fourth. Um, you know, we thought maybe City would be the best out of those four. And anyway, only one made it to the quarterfinals. This year, though, when you look at not only is there five clubs from England going to the Champions League next year, but look at the five that are going. You would think England are going to perform even better overall next hey, year. Hey, if you – listen, Leicester's the one that made it to the quarters and almost went through the, the semis. This year, I know. out of all the teams, so That's crazy. Uh, by the way, Paul Pogba scored and assisted uh, in this match. He he also technically, I guess, scored the first goal in today's final, although it was off a heavy deflection. Um, you know, hey, he finished strong. He he looked like. Uh, can I say something about Paul Pogba? Please do. I don't think that's possible in two matches. Fantasy, fantasy soccer talk. First score of anything other than 0-1-2 or 3 since December 31st. Nice. Manchester, Manchester United's 2-1 win over Middlesbrough. Hey, it's the third double-digit point haul for Paul Pogba all season. Two of those were against Palace. Both times netting 12 points, but hey, this time it only took him 44 minutes. That's all he played. Hey, his only other double-digit point total was against Middlesbrough. But to be fair, he didn't play in the other Middlesbrough match. So you never know. You never know what he could have gotten in that one. In all seriousness... All Pogba, everybody. Brian, excellent, excellent work there. Can we just all, call him the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Season? Well, hold on, hold on. In all seriousness, what... Up for United here we go. I don't know why. I am. I'm the United defender. No, no. I, I'm not going to defend him right here. But what I am going to ask is this. In all seriousness, what are we to make of that? What are we to make of him coming to the Premier League and struggling in a bad way? We all know he's an excellent player. I saw him in the Champions League final two years ago own the game. And they, they still lost, and he owned the game. I think he's probably deserved of that transfer fee. Some guys don't have to fill stats. Conte just won player of the year and hardly scored and hardly assisted. Yeah. Okay? So you don't have to fill it with stats. No, stats don't, what would Conte's value be on the open market being what he has done for two clubs the last two years? My point being is you don't have to fill the stats – so what are we to make of Pogba coming to coming from Serie A from Juventus to the Premier League and struggling? Well, I attribute I honestly I put the blame on two people. And I say blame, blame's a strong word, but I think there are two people you can look at to say they contributed to that. Number one, Jose Mourinho. Okay. Uh, he does the, make players worse. He not, made Eden Hazard yeah, worse. And he's not the most welcoming person. Okay. You know, your first season in England. A lot of change, a lot of adjustment. 
Um, Even though he, he played there five years earlier, but yeah, still. it's been a while. And, I mean, the whole club, all the players really seem to struggle to connect with Mourinho. Two, Zlatan. The club, everything ran through Zlatan. And I think while Pogba obviously has never been a central forward in his career and and has always had someone else in that role, never someone with that type of strong presence like Zlatan provided. And I think Pogba probably, like I don't think it's a coincidence that he came on at the end of the year after Zlatan got hurt. That's interesting. There was room for Paul Pogba because Zlatan was off the pitch. Brian, Brian what do you think of that? Um, I can understand that. I mean, and, and it was, I can't imagine what the pressure is like on somebody to, to be in a position where you are, that much money is spent, it's, you get an emoji, your hair is like that. There's pressure on you to do everything. And he did what feels like next to nothing. And I just feel like it's, it has to be like crushing, the crushing weight of expectation on someone like him who's been so supposedly great to come in and struggle and obviously struggle so much and then to spend most of the end of the season as a uh, basically not playing at all or or a sub at most that just has to be hard i feel i feel kind of bad for him it'll be interesting to see how he adapts with another full season next year and who knows who's going to be I expect him. him to be better next year. Who knows who else is going to be on that roster? Yeah, who else is really good? Surprised me in the second half of the season. And he maybe he's doing it the first half. It's Andrew Herrera. He doesn't fill the stats. He's a good, he's a good footballer. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. See if there's room for him next year with all the buys. It will be interesting. United are going to make. Southampton nil. Stoke won. The lone goal here from Peter Crouch. And... Um, because Claude Puel hates everyone, and that includes fantasy owners. He played Charlie Austin at forward. What a waste, man! Come on. Where, where's, where's Manolo? Where's my my Nolo? On the bench, man. Brian, where's my Nolo? He did not do a whole heck of a lot here at the end of the year, did he? No, he did not. Hey, it's Stokes' first bottom half finish uh, on the ta- in the table since 2012 or 20, uh, 2012-2013, which happens to be the season that Tony Pulis left the club. <laughs> Can I say goodbye to um, Jack Stevens and Maya Yoshida, my two favorite players of 2017? Sure. This is a good time for it. Jack Stevens, 60 points in 17 matches. Hmm. Oh. One of the matches, one of those 17 was just 36 minutes off the bench. Uh, Maya Yoshida, he started and played three matches prior to uh, December 28th, but started every match as of the December 31st. He scored 71 of his 78 fantasy points since December 31st, so 20 matches. Both of those guys, I mean, that's an average of just over four, like four and a half points per match. That's good. Which is, what do you? What else do you want from your defenders? Especially for two guys that were filling in for injured people. Right. Jack Stevens was playing because Virgil Van Dyke was not out there. Same with uh, who's the other? Who is the other uh, center back for them that was hurt? I can't remember who it is. You can edit that. The whole point is, <laughs> the best stat for both players, both Jack Stevens and Maya Yoshida, outscored John Stones for the season. 
Wow. Yeah, they did. No wonder you love them. They, honestly, I can't think of, I, I mean, I, I wish we had better a better stat person to look up stuff like this. Mm. They had to be for this for at least this for the for 2017 at least the calendar year for two guys who started at exactly four dollars in fantasy Premier League soccer that has to be two of the best totals over that span or at least in that many matches of anyone who was playing. I mean, those to get that many points of, from two guys who are absolutely bottom of the barrel. They were the same price as Jordi Amat. <laughs> oh, the fame. In your face, Dave. In my face, Brian. But, well, but, you know, in fairness, so I own Jack Stevens and Yoshida at different times coming down the stretch. And I had Jordi Amat in the beginning of the year. So I, I can't believe you got rid of him. Let's not, let's not talk about that, Brian. I didn't make the best decisions coming in. I, I was the anti-Brian, Scott, coming down the stretch. Oh, I know. Yeah, of course. I'm sure we'll have lots to say about Southampton as they decide what to do with Claude Puel for the for the next couple months. But it'll be an interesting summer. Yeah. Leicester won, Bournemouth won. You could have put money on Vardy and Stanislaus scoring and gotten a little bit of money back for it. Uh, they got to do the goals. Hey, I, I have a, a stat of the day. Oh. Coming out of this a, match. A Scott stat of the day? That's it. That's exactly oh, right. I've got a Scott stat of the day coming right up. Play that play that intro. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. The stat is six million pounds. Six million pounds. There was a goal. Now I did not watch this match. But uh, there was a goal that was uh, uh, not counted because uh, someone for Leicester was ruled to be offside. I think it was offside. I think it was Vardy. I uh, was ruled offside. And that was an incorrect call. Video replay showed that uh, it should not have been ruled out. The goal should have been allowed to stand, which means that Leicester should have been given the win. Didn't happen. Match ended in a draw. And guess what? By getting one point from this match, as opposed to three... Leicester stayed in 12th, or, or finished in 12th, where they would have finished had they gotten the win. They would have gotten £6 million more in prize money from the Premier League for their oh, higher standing wow. in the table. That Six hurts. million pound wow. call by uh, a linesman. That was incorrect. Way to go, dumb linesman. Yeah, seriously. But Vardy, okay. Vardy finished strong. Stanislas, Brian, you were on that early, and it was a great call. That was probably one of your better ones in the last month of the season. 9, 10, and 9, his last three match scoring match weeks. Holy three smokes. Straight, three straight goals in those, in those matches and finished with seven total bonus points. So he went 2-3-2 two, two in bonus points. I mean, that's... I mean, you can't. You can barely have a better stretch of three games than Junior Stanislaus did. And what's amazing is he just had hernia surgery, <laughs> so he did all of that with a with a, uh, a a hernia issue that was still bothering him at the end of the season. That it took surgery here at the end of the season to correct. Good work, Junior Stanislaus. Wow. Hey, you forgot to call him ninth place, Bournemouth. That's true. Ninth place. Yeah, great finish. Top of the table. That's great. Top half 
of the table. Top half of the table. <laughs> Got a keyword there. <laughs> I know there was a. I know there was hardly a gap between ninth and and sixteenth or whatever it was, but still up the cherries. Cher- up the cherries. And they've already made one of the first signings of the summer, Jermaine Defoe. Wasting said, no time. That is a great fit. Hey, Defoe gets to move close to the beach, man, and enjoy his time at Bournemouth and and sort of semi-retire. Well, honestly, who wouldn't want to go play for Eddie Howe? That's true. Arsenal's next manager. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. If Wenger ever leaves. That's true. Never going to happen. He's going to die there. Swan- he might. He, he looks might. like he, he might. He might die in his chair there. Swansea 2, West Brom 1, Jordan Ayew and Urente with the goals for the Swans. Johnny Evans for West Brom. Good season, Fernando Urente. Agreed. It really Great, was. Really, really nice season for Fernando. It will. Fernando. You know what's funny is for all of. Hold on. Didn't we give him a song? Yeah. ABBA. The did, ABBA song, Fernando. Did you do a, did you do a How to Say it in Lorente? Yes, we, we sure did. did, Dave. Where have you been? Well, that's what I vaguely remember. Listen, when we do so many pods like we do, and there's thousands and thousands of podcasts, it's tough to remember all of them. What about Tony Pulis and how he has one draw, four losses, and zero wins now at Liberty Stadium in his in his tenure? You know how when you when you get into the car to take a three hour trip, and you're two hours in, and that last hour is just forever long. You know mm. you know that you know how that goes. No, oh, yeah. And then you know when you uh, get in the car to take a ten hour trip, and you could go like eight hours, and you're totally fine, and then the last two hours are a struggle. Do you ever wonder to yourself like? Why is it that on a 10-hour trip, I can go eight of these hours and be fine, but on a three-hour trip, I can only make it two hours before I'm fine? It's always the last hour, Scott. True. It's kind of like how it is for West Brom. If your Mm. goal is first place, then you're going to get as close to first place as you can. But if your goal is 40 points, then you're going to get to 40 points, and then you're going to stop. Like It's all about where you have your sights set. For Tony Pulis, it's about making as much money for the club as you can, which is fine. That's great. But for him, that means 40 points because that ensures Premier League safety almost all of the time. And they got there much earlier than normal this year because they were a good club. Yeah. And then because they met their goal in, what, March, they stopped. In the Tony Pulis era, West Brom has just three goals in those five games at Liberty Stadium. If we, again, had a good stat guy, we could check on the date of each of those uh, five matches. I'm curious if there's uh, some correlation between the, the time of year and and that the, that they can't win there. We'll add that to our staff after you uh, buy that lottery ticket. Yes. Great. Burnley 1, West Ham 2. Uh, we called Sam Vokes. He was probably one of the more informed strikers. Obviously, no one was more informed than Harry Kane, but uh, definitely up there after that. He scored for Burnley. Uh, Faguli showed us what might have been. Hey, remember when I thought he would have a good year this year? He scored. Andre Ayew also scored. I think the Ayew brothers scored like in the same minute in their two different matches, too. That's fun. That's real fun. Uh, hey, you forgot close. to call them the right name, Scott. Eleventh place, West Ham. Eleventh. Oh. They did. They did climb a little bit here to end the season. 
Is there a is there a le- less deserving eleventh place team than this West Ham team? Probably not. Right. And hey, I don't know. Kudos to Slavin Bilic. I'll take that guy too. I don't want to call just, it undeserving. I mean, they they fought for everything they got this year. They had so I many know. injuries and the stadium issues. Yeah, they and had everything else. so many things against them, and they still got eleventh. Yeah, I mean, but don't you feel like isn't it insulting though that they were that they are tied with West Brom at forty five points, but they get eleventh on goal differential instead that, of. Ten. They should feel great about that. West Brom should. I mean, Pulis should be unable to look in the mirror. They both finished higher than twelfth place, Leicester. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Champions. Hey, you want to know? Okay, here's three things. You ready for three short things? Yes. Sure. First of all, you know who the most creative player for West Ham was this season? Don't tell me. Lanzini. I would say creative player. Dimitri Payet. Number of chances created. Dimitri Payet. I would go with that. Yes, it is Dimitri (laughs) Payet. That's so (laughs) terrible. 74 chances created. He still led the team at the end of the season. Lanzini was second with 56 chances. Oh, my God. Hey, second thing, is this a death sentence for Slavon Bilic? Since taking over in summer 2015, West Ham have lost 41 points from winning positions. They dropped 22 points from winning positions this season alone. What they have lacked defensively is a center-back pairing that have been consistent, in my opinion, with it free from injury. That's, I think, contributing to those numbers, Brian. Now, also, to be fair, guess who their – you know who their top scorer was for the season? Dimitri Payet. No, no, no. Okay. The most goals of West any hammer this year is still Mikhail Antonio. Oh, top scorer, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about goals. that guy. Yeah. Nine goals from Antonio this season, but no West Ham player has scored more than 10 goals in a season since Bobby Zamora Ugh. in 2006-2007. Ten years of no goal scorer over, over 10. Wow. Remember when at the beginning of the year Andy Carroll said he was going to score 20? <laughs> Yeah, do you remember when the one thing we talked about more than Andy Carroll was Andy Carroll's groin? Yeah. Do you remember how he's still feeling his groin? Hey, save it for the injury. Save it for injury round down. Wait, what are we calling this? I don't know what we're calling this. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. We're there right now. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say about the season before we talk about who could potentially – miss out next season well since we're gonna be looking in our injury roundup toward injuries that could affect next season let me let me start first by talking about what listeners can expect during the summer and then we will look ahead to next season brian with your injury round down (laughs) round out round Ooh, i like that that's even better round out now we are planning a summer of shows for you uh, you're not going to miss Fantasy Soccer FC. In fact, you're going to be thankful that we're still here. We're going to get into our season recap over the next couple of weeks, looking at each position uh, across uh, four different episodes, all four different positions, reviewing our preseason picks to see how well we did, but then also just looking at who who did well and why and what that might mean for next year. We're also going to give you special short episodes on each of the three promoted clubs. There were some 
key players that we discussed from last season's three promoted clubs throughout this year. And we're going to look at each one of those clubs. We're going to give you some fun segments like only we can do. But we're also going to try to find those uh, diamonds in the rough. Oh, yeah. From those three clubs coming up. And honestly, Newcastle's not that rough. Uh, there's going to be some players there, no question. We might have two episodes on Newcastle. <laughs> I can't wait. We're also going to do a short series this summer on how to play various types of leagues. We obviously spend most of our time uh, talking about the Fantasy Premier League, the FPL, yep. uh, the Premier League's own fantasy league, because 4.5 million people played it this past year, and it'll be even higher next year. Uh, but there are other leagues out there too, other styles of fantasy soccer leagues. So we're going to give you special episodes on how to play each one of those types of leagues. And then, of course, we're going to get into all the summer signings and our season preview. So we've got a busy summer still to come. And that's just in our fantasy soccer podcast. That's not even factoring in the fact that we've still got an FA Cup final, a Champions League final in real life. We have World Cup qualifiers, the Confederation Cup, and, uh, the Gold and, Cup. And for CONCACAF uh, here in North, South, in Latin America, the Gold Cup, 2017 Gold Cup. So a busy summer of not only Fantasy Soccer FC pods, but also real soccer for you to enjoy. All right. Well, Scott, we made it to the end of the show. We did. And obviously we know there was some feedback that you could probably hear uh, not having Brian, uh, you know, in, in studio. studio with us, right? Having him on the phone instead, but uh, thanks for bearing with us over oh, yeah. the last hour plus. Oh, listen, it's always fun trying new things. It was better having him on the phone than not having him at all, right? It was absolutely better having him on the phone, not having to look at him and or his weird <laughs> positions, the way he holds the mic, and other things. Uh, so, anyways, hey, thanks again. You can find us on all the mediums, uh, Fantasy Soccer FC. At Fancy Soccer FC, if it pleases you, FancySoccerFC.com. For David, for Scott, wait a minute, I'm David. For on the phone, Brian <laughs> and Scott. For the I fan- can't even make that better. For the Fantasy Soccer uh, FC podcast, this is David. Until next time. <laughs>